Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, Mike Organ from the Tennessee and here. And no, you didn't download the wrong podcast. I'm your new host for Breaking Down the Doors, but I've got Vandy beat writer Adam Sparks alongside me as usual. Today, we're talking about the athletics director situation at Vandy and specifically whether Candace Story Lee, Vanderbilt's interim athletics director, should get the job permanently. I feel like this is a little old and new of Vandy coverage right here we've got, right? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I think so. You're going to have you're going to bring some stories of the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll I'll drizzle in a little bit of the last five six years. I can dip into the '70s if if need be. <laughs> How old are you, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> a lot older than I look, hopefully. So uh, I, I, I wanted to do this podcast topic about Candace Story Lee because mm-hmm. I interviewed her this week. It's a hot topic around Vanderbilt. She is the interim tag right now. A lot of people want her to drop that interim tag, uh, but there's a lot of questions around that. Malcolm uh, Malcolm Turner was the AD for the past year. He abruptly resigned a couple weeks ago. We showed through our coverage that that was a forced resignation for overspending, and Candace Story Lee stepped in as the interim AD. I think a lot of the questions are, is she David Williams 2.0? The predecessor of Malcolm Turner, she was the number two under 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 uh, David Williams, or is she a little different? And depending on how you read that, is whether or not you think she should be the next AD. I, I, I find this funny: is that a year and a half ago, when this job was coming open and David Williams was announced that he was retiring, people said, "Well, I don't think Candace is the right one for the job because there's got to be a change." There can't be another David Williams. There's got to be something different. And now suddenly, a year and a half later, you more hear around campus and the fan base, Candace is the right one for the job. you got to get back to a little more of what David Williams brought to the table. And that's, that's odd. What's changed in a year and a half? Well, I think what happened between now and then was Malcolm Turner. And I think that was uh, apparently a mistake. And I, th- But you know better than I do. What was it that Malcolm Turner did that was so wrong that Candace Lee's story won't do? It scared people. It scared people. They went outside the box. They went way outside the box. And they didn't like what it looked like outside the box. And Candace Story Lee is a little bit of normalcy. This is a former Vandy basketball player. She was on the team for six years. She was on a couple of Elite Eight teams. She's only for six years because she had two medical red shirts. I mean, you can read. I did a whole profile in the Tennessee and on Tennessean.com right now about how she came from a student athlete to an interim AD. She's a three-time graduate. She has three degrees from there. She came up through the ranks. She started as an intern and ended up as the interim AD. She went through every level of the athletic department, and so she's a she's a Vandy lifer. Which I mean, you and I were talking before before we went on the air here. That's that's rare at Vanderbilt to have a Vanderbilt lifer as a possible AD. It's extremely rare. I covered Candace when she played basketball, uh, and uh, in the years that I have covered or just observed Vanderbilt, I cannot recall an athlete who graduated, stayed on, 
and work their way up through the ranks. Vanderbilt just doesn't have it. Other schools have it. Tennessee's football program had it. Uh, Phil uh, Fulmer is a prime example of a guy that played, coached, and then is now the, uh, the over the entire uh, athletic department. But Vanderbilt, and most schools have that. I mean, I'm just using Tennessee. Most schools have that. They have a personality that's done that. Vanderbilt has never had that that I can recall. If so, it's a, it's an extreme rarity. And, and that's why I think you see a lot of student athletes and fans leaning so hard toward Candace is that – Okay, this is this is a rarity. This is one of our own. We usually don't get to promote one of our own. But now the pushback on that is, well, I mean, David Williams was good in a whole lot of areas as AD, but he also lacked in some areas, fundraising and, and those sort of things. So I think the big question is, is Candace Story Lee David Williams 2.0, which we you'll hear whispered a little bit in the athletic department, or is she quite different. So in my, in my interview this week, I asked Candace what she takes uh, from her tenure under Dave, David Williams, and here's what Candace had to say. He, so many things, but probably the biggest things that stick out to me, so he always made time for students, no matter what was going on. And you can imagine, um, given, you know, there was, a, there at one point, David was the vice chancellor for student life, the general counsel, the athletics director. I mean, he, he, he had like nine jobs. But he always made time for students. And, and I think I, I recognized early on that no matter what you're doing, you always make time for the people that you're serving. And so I, I, that lesson was demonstrated to me time and time and time again. He also always made time for his family. So he's like, I'll fly all over this world and I will do all these things. But we would laugh sometimes because we'd be sitting in a staff meeting and his cell phone would ring. And if it was wife or if it was his son or his daughter, he would stop. He would turn around in his chair. He would take the call. And, you know, that may, you know, that may have elicited some giggles at times. But the, the, the lesson, the broader lesson is that he always made time for his family. And, and I... I recognized how important that was as well. So I think this kind of goes to the heart of how Candace is like David. You'll hear in that clip there that she talks about their similarities almost philosophically, almost to a, a moral extent of, you know, he treated people right. He stood for the right things. He made time for people. He mixed family and work together real well. It's more of more of a personal similarity, I think, more than how she proceeds as an athletic director. I thought it was interesting that she put it that way. I don't think it's any secret that David had shortcomings. Every uh, administrator has shortcomings. Someone close to the program told me that that could be a benefit in this situation in that Candace knew David's shortcomings. Now, she's not going to come out and tell you what his shortcomings were, but you can speak to that. Did he have shortcomings, and do you see that as something that Candace could uh, help uh, overcome? Well, sure, yeah. I mean, his shortcomings were he was not a fundraiser. He was not a lifetime athletics guy. So, you know, he was a he was a law professor. He was a whole lot of other things. He was he was built especially for to be a law professor and a university administrator, not necessarily an athletics administrator. It's a unique situation at Vanderbilt where he fell into that uh, when they, you know, changed up the athletic department, rolled it more into the university. But you know, she's got she would have to succeed where he, um, where, where he was weakest, and and they need fundraising right now. They need 
a little more open eyes about the future. I don't think they can just kind of sit in what's worked for years and decades because that's why the facilities are have issues. Uh, that's why Vanderbilt has not grown as an athletics department uh, in the ways that I think most of the rest of the SEC has. I think they need a little more vision than what David had. And, and this is this is my take on the perception of Candace. David passed away a year ago, and up to that point, he was criticized by a, a decent amount of the fan base for all, for the weaknesses that we're talking about, the shortcomings. He passed away, and his best points, his strengths were then emphasized. Right. His moral character, what he stood for, he was really big into civil rights. I think he did a lot of great things. The university. Longevity. Yes, longevity. He was. Uh, he had very good personal relationships with student-athletes. Uh, with other people in that athletic department. He was a kind, smart, um, wonderful character type of man. And when somebody passes away, those are remembered more than his shortcomings. And so I think people look at David Williams over a year later and say, we miss that, we want that, Candace has that. And I do think she does, She has that. And from that previous clip, that's what she was leaning on. That's a positive the question is, as a decision maker, is Candace Story Lee another David Williams? And we'll talk about that after a quick break. Hey guys, it's Adam Sparks. As a Tennessee and podcast listener, we have a special offer just for you. Unlimited digital access to our award-winning coverage for just $1 a week. That's a whole year of the most important sports stories with over 50% in savings. To sign up, go to tennessean.com forward slash podcast. And as always... Thanks for listening. So this is the bigger question, right? As a decision maker, is Candace like David? She's walking a tightrope here because um, we saw this in the press conference. We'll, we'll hear it in a second in my interview with her. But she's walking a tightrope in that she wants to make sure she points out all the wonderful things that she took from David Williams as his number two, as his deputy AD. But she also has to point out that that all his decisions were not her decisions and that she will proceed in her own way. If you talk to people in the athletic department, they will tell you Candace is a very independent thinker, but she follows orders very well. She talked about this in my story on Tennessee.com about being from a military family. And so I asked her about that to kind of weigh that is she David in his, her decision making or is she a little different? And I thought her her answer is very interesting. Here's here's Candace answering that question. I mean, certainly he impacts me because I spend so much time with him. And um, he was not only my boss, but he was also my friend. He was also my friend and he was my mentor. Um, you know, so I know that there are, there are many things that I learned from David that are ingrained in me. Having said that, I really try to think about, sort of call upon things that I've learned from him and others but I also think about, but now what What does Candace think she needs to do? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's uh, really important um, because I absolutely am just tremendously grateful for everything I learned from David and, and, and everyone else. But I know it's important that Candace does what she thinks is right and does it her way um, along with those who have influenced me. So the most interesting part of that what does Candace think she needs to do? That's really important. It's important that Candace does what she thinks is right and does it her way. I think that's her with a subtle little push of you're not hiring a second David Williams. 
if I am the AD. You're hiring the best moral character of David Williams with a different vision. And that's a hard, hard thing to strike. But, I mean, Mike, you see what she's trying to do there. And this is, this is a hard university to crack if you're talking about philosophy. Yeah, it's almost impossible uh, because it's never been done completely right. When, when you look back, I mean, you go all the way back to Stapleton. I mean, Houlihan, uh, Turner. It's just n- none of the athletic directors at Vanderbilt have been highly praised. Roy Kramer uh, did a solid job. It's just, like you said, it's, it's a tough nut to crack. My concern, Adam, and you, I want you to speak to this if you would, is that Candace, I think, is viewed as um, a game manager if you're talking about quarterbacks yep. uh, in football. And I think this program at this point, the bar is set so low, needs something a little more than a game manager. Now, my question to you is, can Candace step out of the box and do some things that haven't been done that could get them out of this funk that they're in in football Men's basketball, women's basketball, everything but baseball, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the as much as Malcolm Turner has been vilified on that campus a little bit for the past couple weeks, probably their best course of action is the mixture of David Williams, Malcolm Turner, right? The all the all the great things that David Williams brought in terms of of respect and how he did things and how he treated people with a little bit more vision. And Malcolm Turner did have a vision. Now. From what we understand in, in, in my reporting and elsewhere, he spent a lot of money, and his vision had a, had a big checkbook, right? <laughs> but, uh, but he did want to come in and change things and move forward and raise money and build things. And, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting a second ago when you listed off all these ADs that I did not cover that you did that preceded uh, Candace and, and Malcolm and David and so on. All of them were criticized pretty heavily. Well, what's the common denominator there? The common denominator is the university. And so if all these ADs lacked a little bit of vision, it's it's probably more a problem with the university. So can the university handle somebody with a greater vision, which is why you would do an AD search, or do they want Candace because she's a certain comfort level? If I'm Candace... if I'm Candace's campaign manager here, <laughs> um, Candace, you need to look like you are a game manager. And then when you get the job, start throwing the ball downfield. Yeah. yeah. That's, now, don't throw it like Malcolm Turner. I was going to say, isn't that, is that not what Malcolm Turner did? <laughs> Malcolm Turner was running flea flickers on first and ten. But my okay. criticism for the, the university there is that they knew what they were getting when they hired Malcolm Turner. Yes, of course. I mean, you know, that the, the, the university shares uh, some responsibility in what happened with this debacle, this most recent debacle, with Malcolm Turner because of the vetting and the interview process. They should have known this is the way he was going to be. Vanderbilt knew from years and years of experience they were a station wagon driving dad they are a dad that loves to be in a station wagon or a minivan that's where their comfort level is and that's fine and then they went and bought a mustang yeah and said i'm a mustang guy now no you're not you're not and after a year they said we're gonna go trade this in for the for the used minivan that we were perfectly comfortable in that's what they did They, they don't go buy a mustang if you're not a mustang guy i'm i'm a compact car guy I don't want anything that goes fast. I don't want anything with just two doors. Camaro? No. No. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I had a rental car. Uh, what was this? It's a trip. Uh, Florida, I think you were in. Yeah, yeah. And I had a Camaro, and she talked me into it. The rental, rental car lady said, you, you want a Camaro. You really want a Camaro. I spent 30 seconds in that thing. I said, please, 
give me my Ford Focus back. <laughs> you know, so that's that's maybe I'm more Vanderbilt yeah, then. Yeah, I want yeah, steady fit. and stable. Let's not get overpriced. Let's not do too much out of the box. And they went the opposite direction, and they shouldn't have. So sure, they 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 should own a lot of that. But I do think that scares them a little bit in going out and doing an AD search. What if we make the wrong decision? We know what Candace is, we think. I don't think they do, but I th- they think they do. All right, my question for you is, can they hire someone other than Candace with the language they used when and the spin they put on it when they brought Candace in and gave her the interim? Can they honestly, at this point, not take the interim tag off and make her that because the way they the spin they put on it wasn't that Malcolm Turner was out but that landmark moment landmark moment female African-American the first in in the ACC to be an athletics director can they get out of that at this point yeah I mean here's the thing if you if you use diversity as your gold star look we are we are diverse we promote diversity and obviously in any workplace that's a great thing there, there are very, very few African-American females in administration athletically in the NCAA. There should be more. There should be more just by percentages. If you have this many African-American female athletes, it would seem like there would be more administrators. It's Absolutely. A, right. It's the same thing. of How, how, is, how is, let's say, 70% of the NFL – um, black athletes and there are like two coaches. It's just mm. the percentages. It just from a practical, practical numbers standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. So there should be more. But if you lean on that as a selling point, hey guys, forget that Malcolm Turner was forced out today. Let's just put that aside. Really, what today is about is a historic moment, a landmark moment. We have promoted the first African American female to lead an SEC program. That's fine if you do that, and that's usually how Vandy does. But if you promote that, you cannot pull back on it three months later and say, well, that was a landmark moment, but it was a temporary moment, and now we've moved on to somebody who is not is not an African-American female. Or in, you, you, you cannot put a gold star on your chest and say, look how diverse we are, and then pull back from that a few, a few months later. Because essentially you're saying – we gave her a chance, but she couldn't do it. So now we're going to bring in a white middle-aged male. And you're also you're and you're you're using her her yes. diversity. Yes, exactly. And I'm not to I'm, try to get away from what you just. Did. Yes, well, and that's a whole other media standpoint thing. If if the guy resigned, just put a simple statement that said he resigned. Candace Story Lee as their interim athletics director. So yeah, you're you're using her diversity for your own purposes. And cover up your mistake because you fired the yes, guy. Yes, you're using her diversity as as a PR tool if you don't take the interim tag mm-hmm. off of her. Now, those are two different things. We've talked most of this podcast of, is she the right person for the job? Can she move them forward? But that's that's a PR gaffe if they don't take the interim tag. If 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 you're in that office, you got to say, hey, guys, is she is she the one? Well, she may be. We don't know. Okay, we probably don't want to phrase it this way. How about we save landmark moment language for June or whatever, whenever we, we think we're probably going to exactly. name her. Exactly. That would have been the way to do it. Yeah. But it, you do, they put the cart before the horse. Yeah. So the, now they, they've dug themselves a hole, and I don't see how they can get out of it. Yeah, I mean, th- yes, yes. They painted themselves in a corner, that's for sure. 
now I think on on that campus on that campus I've learned this over the years and you knew it before I did that the public relations side of it they don't really care that much about that they I mean they just don't it's well, there, so not much, in athletics they're so much smarter than us is, is that's the right that's for right that's that. right I'm an MTSU grad you, yes you're I'm an, an yeah I'm an MTSU so we're just too, barely yeah. literate yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean so so it's two different issues it's one the the PR spin that they can't take that that statement back if she's not uh, the the full-time AD. The second is, what are they comfortable with? And I think they're pretty comfortable with her, but, you're, but I think you're going to get two different voices in the Board of Trust. One that says, we got to move forward, guys, and another that says, we just screwed up, let's not screw up again. We're not going to screw up with with Candace, and somewhere in between those two, I think you have Candace Story Lee saying, I have a vision like you want, but I can bring you a comfort level that the rest of you won't. That's the way that she has to play this if she wants this job, and I know she does. She says she's not campaigning for it, but of course she wants that job. Well, she doesn't have to campaign for it. She spent the last 16 years campaigning for it. I mean, she doesn't have to campaign for it. So like you said, of course she wants it. Have you heard any names? Let me say this. I don't have a problem with the, with them giving her the interim tag, and you uh, you you uh, discussed this just then. Uh, as long as you go ahead and hire her, I don't have a problem with giving her an interim period before you name her, because that's kind of like due process. We we got to let her go in there and see, you know, make sure we're not you know rushing it like we did the last time with Malcolm Turner. So I, I don't have a problem with the, with the interim, but it's just I don't see how they can not give it to her. That said, have you heard anybody? Do do true candidates believe they have a shot? Well, I, from what I hear is some people are scared away a little bit because they don't know all of what happened with Malcolm Turner. We've reported some of it, and I've read some of it elsewhere. But if you're a if 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 you're a sitting AD somewhere, or if you're a senior AD who is very seasoned in athletic administration, which is what they're going to get if they don't get Candace, because they're not going to go outside the box again that far. No. They're going to get somebody that knows how to run an athletic department. If you're that person, you're kind of scared away by the fact that the last guy that got it was there one year. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's going to scare away some. I, I mean, we put out some names that were 15, 20 names. I mean, you know, full disclosure here, that we, we a lot of those names are on the names a year and a half ago because it wasn't that long wasn't ago. that long ago. No. Uh, so you have ones that have Vandy ties. You have others that I know from from my connections, but also in USA Today that we know are looking elsewhere. But they'll get they'll get scared away a little bit. I wonder if this is going to go somewhere in between where um, Candace is a finalist, but they still do a search. Even if you do that, though, you're still playing a, a pretty tough PR game over the over the the verbiage of the announcement for her. You're good enough for now, but now we got to see if there's better. And if there's not better, then we'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that's trying to what they're trying to say, uh, but it just the verbiage, as you said, was was so bold. I don't see how you're going to get away from the, it. The timing, too. I wonder how this is going to go. I think you have two things coming up that people need to watch, and, and including us. You'll have the athletic strategic plan that will be rolled out. They said in about a week or two. That's what Malcolm Turner started on last April, and so it's been about a year in the process. It's a long-term plan over the last next five years, what they're going to do facilities, fundraising priorities, all that sort of stuff. Something that I'm sure those in the administration will look at with a lot of eagerness, and the rest of us will be like, okay, this is an outline, so what? You know, so 
But that's going to be rolled out in the next week or two, and Candace Lee, as the interim AD, will be the one that rolls it out. That's your that's your first event. The second event is Daniel Deermeyer, the incoming chancellor, will get here in the summer. So do you wait till he gets here to make a decision? Do you pull off the interim tag somewhere around these two events? Do you go through all this and let Candace just go into the football season? If you're doing that, you got the Derek Mason situation. Does she handle Derek Mason's, uh, you know, long-term job status? There, there's, there's some events in there, and, and maybe somewhere in between those, they're going to have to make an announcement. I don't think that's going to happen before the strategic plan, though, because that's something they've been waiting on a long time. I have only one other uh, issue I'd like to ask you about because uh, aside from fundraising, I feel like the, probably the most important thing that an athletics director does is have a relationship with uh, his or her coaches. What is uh, what is that relationship like with uh, the, the four big coaches right now and uh, with Candace? Well, wonderful. Um, that's where the endorsements have really come from. And that, that doesn't surprise me. You know, you know when a head coach leaves – the players want the assistant coach to get promoted, right? Because they are close to the assistant coach. They deal with the assistant coach on a day-to-day basis. Candace, both as the deputy, as the number two in her role, but also her demeanor, she has very good relationships with her coaches. So they look at her. Derek, Derek Mason likes her a lot. And I've spoke to him at length about that. Jerry Stackhouse, who was brought here by Malcolm Turner, came out and said, I don't know if there's anybody better for the job. Including Malcolm Turner. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Which was which was something that he came out and, that and his, said that. He was Malcolm's guy. He, he's the That's the reason he came here. He does like the fact that she's an African-American female who's very qualified for the job. And that's not my words. That's his. He he has a couple of uh, a couple of females on his uh, coaching staff. That's important to him, and he thinks she's extremely qualified. So he thinks she should get the job. Tim Corbin works with her just fine, and Stephanie in women's basketball has a good connection with her. Now she has been over. Candace has been over football and women's basketball specifically as the deputy AD. I mean, if if there's two sports, that's what she's worked closely with. Well, those are two coaches that have decisions to make coming up. Derek Mason's job security and Stephanie's job security. I think she's helped herself quite a bit. She's had a pretty decent year this year, a turnaround. But still, her contract will come up in about a year. So what do you do with those two? Those coaches really like her right now. We'll see if she's <laughs> if she's the permanent AD if they like her uh, quite as much because she would be the one more in the position to make a, a decision about their contract status moving forward. But largely – Athletic department, coaches, student athletes, I think she gets about a, a 90% vote yes. It goes beyond that to can she fundraise? Does she have a vision? Does the university actually want somebody who can fundraise and have a vision? And, and, and we don't really know that, but I think she'll have a pretty good conversation, a pretty good uh, case to, to be that person, regardless of which side of that you're on. Okay, guys, that does it for this edition of Breaking Down the Doors. We hope you'll subscribe to Tennessean.com if you haven't already. And remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. And drop us a review and a rating while you're at it. For Adam Sparks, I'm Mike Organ. See you next time.